This is Damon Udicek, and this is the Ideal Money Life Podcast. This is my journey to build a business from zero to $1 million in 12 months. I'm going to experience a lot in the next 12 months. I'm super excited about the journey. I can't wait to share my failures, my successes, and everything in between. All right, let's do this. Good morning. I had a good night's rest. I ended up not making it out to Asheboro last night as I was, I got out of, I think as I mentioned, I I left the office around 8 o'clock and as I was um, on my way out towards Asheboro, my dear wife, Angel, called up and she, you know, we talked a little bit and then she's like, well, why don't you just stay home? And I was like, well, I guess that would make sense because then I can get to sleep at a decent hour because if I head out now, it's going to be 11 o'clock at the earliest before I get there. Um, and so I headed home. And while I was driving home, I want to say I was about, let me think here. I was about eight to ten minutes away from home. I'm I'm driving along, and I come to this intersection, and so I'm going straight forward. And on the right hand, I would say this 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 was a 55 mile an hour speed zone um, speed limit, and to um, and I was also on a three-lane road, uh, three lanes being three lanes going in the, the same direction as I was. I was in the middle lane, and at the when I got to the intersection, I saw this car had pulled out, and it was just all the way in the middle of the inter- intersection, and so I was like, oh my goodness, I could have kept going going forward, um, but I was like, it was, I've never seen anything, I mean, the guy was pulled all the way out, and so that he was essentially in the middle of the intersection, and he was pulled all the way out and covering what would have been the, the lane to my right, so I just slammed on the brakes, and I'm just like, what is going on with this guy? I mean, come on, really? Why are you in the middle of the intersection? You, you know, I had the green light. And clearly this guy had a red light. What in the world was he doing? And, and I, 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 so I, I, I stopped. And um, I was just like, this is crazy. What is going on? Um. And then the next thing I know, boom, oh my goodness, I just got rear-ended. So, um, so I go back and, you know, 
guy, the guy behind me was like, why, 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 why were you stopped? I was like, the guy, you know, the guy right there was right in the middle of the intersection. And so, um, I went and got his, you know, took picture of his license plate. And we pulled over to the side of the road. Um, and it looks like it was just a fender bender from me. Um, you know, I've got, um, got a heavy vehicle, so that helps. Um, and I don't think he was going very fast, uh, when he, you know, clearly he was slowing down (laughs) because if he was still going 55 when he hit me, um, there would have been more damage and I barely felt a bump. You know, I did feel a bump when he rear-ended me. So now I've got, uh, I've got to go down to the, the dealership or the service center and find out what, um, what the damage was and then, you know, get, get back with him and get that, that fixed. So fortunately no one got hurt. Um, but it was a little bit of a, an annoyance to say the least that I got rear-ended. I've got, I've had this car about eight in October. It'll be two years and I really love it. So now I've got this fender fender thing in my, in my car. So there we go. So this morning, my goal is to get done by eight this morning right now it's it's about it's 4 32 so i get me three and a half hours of work in um the other thing that was nice is i got home and got my blog posted last night it ended up being a a post that um i had previously wrote as an email because it was um and which is fortunate. And that, that's that's one of the nice things about writing a lot of content is you can just repurpose things. Um, and so, so that was good. Um, one of the things that uh, I'm looking forward to is just getting this break. And it's actually, I think, kind of fortuitous that I didn't go up to Ashboro last night because this this one project I really wanted to get finished yesterday. I'll be able to finish this morning and I'll be on my real computer versus a laptop. So it'll make it easier for me to get everything done. So um, I'm happy about that. Um, So it worked out better. Uh, It would have been nice to have left last night, uh, but that didn't happen. So I want to talk a little bit about um, this book, Traction, is just I'm really getting a lot of lot from it, and I'm looking forward to getting myself set up on the 30-day or the 90-day plan so that I'm working towards the 90 days. And, and one of the things that, uh, and there's actually been a couple books written by other authors um, one guy called it the 12 week year. Um, I don't know. So, um, 
I don't know if they came up with that on their own or what, but um, in any event, um, the the 90-day plan, the, the author said that um, it's very hard for people to focus beyond 90 days. Um, and having a 90-day plan to work on is really the best way to stay focused. And so you have objectives, and there's different words that you use. Part of the thing that's important when you first set up the system is you have standard names for everything, and that everyone agrees to use those same names, because objectives could be a weekly item, or they task could be a, you know, a three-month thing or a monthly thing or whatever, what have you. It could be all those different things. Um, That is one of the first things to have common names that that you educate people continually on. These are the words we use for what we're talking about. And that way there's a common language within the company that we're working on this item. Um, so as I thought about this further, um, and they talked about, uh, every 90 days you do an offsite where every, everyone in the leadership team gets together and we set the, the, they, they set in the book, they call it big rocks. Uh, and I, I like that phrase, uh, and that's the phrase I'll be using in my company. So the big rocks are the big things that I want to get accomplished in the next 90 days. And so I act, and so the, what ends up happening is once a quarter, there's an offsite done where the leadership team gets together and we talk through, there's accountability. Okay. How do we do with our rocks? Um, what obstacles were in the way, what, you know, if we didn't get our rocks done, why didn't we get it done? What prevented us from getting those things done? And then at that point, um, we, we, we set the new rocks for the new, new quarter and we work on those until we get, you know, get that done. And so with, um, with my coaching program that, that I'm paying for, that I'm not involved in, that's one of the things I get. So once a quarter, I go down to Texas and I meet with my mastermind my group. And that gives me the ability to set my intention for my big rocks for the next 90 days. And so I've got this structure in place now where um, it's going to enable me to do it. So now my job is just to say, okay, what am I focusing on for the next um, two months? Uh, And my first session with these guys will be, um, it'll be um, the middle of September. I have to look at the particular dates. uh, but I'll have two days where everyone in the group will be talking about their big rocks. 
yeah, or what they're working on, what they have been working, what they will be working on. That'll that'll be good to get that done, and that, that I have that structure. And the other piece that'll be good about the mastermind is I'll be able to hear from other people what they are doing that's working, what's not working. Uh, they'll be able to provide me with feedback on what I'm doing. We will be able to help each other grow, and there'll be that external accountability, which is very important to have because it's easy to lie to ourselves or to give ourselves a break. Oh, well, you know, I, I ended up having a... Um, uh, a tuna sandwich that walked on me and and it said and because of that um, I I think I had a stomach ache and so because of that I'm just going to let myself off the hook for that so there we have it um, I hope you have a great day and I'll talk to you later alright it is 9.30 in the morning and I've finished up with my work for the day and I got my project done, so I'm pleased as punch about that. And now it's off to Ashborough to join the family uh, on our little vacation. Looks like it's going to take me about an hour and 40 minutes to get there. Um, and what I'll do is I'll do my closing segment for um, today, and I may end up recording another podcast or two just about various topics um, as as time permits. Uh, otherwise, I may just listen to the um, ending of Traction. Uh, traction, if I think it's eosworldwide.com or something. At eosworldwide.com, I think there are, I think that's the website, um, that gives you the resources from the book. Uh, again, I would highly recommend the book. And then also, um, I I have the physical copy of it, and then I also have the audio book of it as well. And I went ahead and printed off the um, a couple of the worksheets related to EOS. What I did not include was uh, information regarding the... People analyzer and some other things on that. Um, just at present, um, the um, it's just me and Ideal Money Live, so there aren't really any people to analyze at this point. And uh, so, part of what I'm going to do, and and the nice thing is, I was looking through the sheets, and there's not a lot of data to fill out. Now, I would tell you, most of the times when I'm doing work like this, where it's thinking work of what do I want, how do I structure it, I guess a good way way to phrase that is strategic work. When I'm doing the strategic work, um, it can be time intensive from a standpoint of it's hard thinking because you have to narrow down things and go over things over and over again. That's just part of the process of fine-tuning and getting really focused on what's important. And a lot of times I've known in my past that determining what's important, it's, it's a bit of a difficult job to get to something clear and concise. And when I say something clear and concise, 
you want to get it. I, I, I feel like I want to get it down to one sentence. So my one sentence is I help realtors keep more of the hard-earned commission check. It's as simple as that. If I wanted to get a little bit more in depth with that, um, I don't. That's really the, that's in the fancy MBA world, they call that the value, value proposition. So I'm going to break that down for a second. So that uh, to tell you what I feel like are important components. My audience, realtors. And what do I do for them? I help them keep more of their hard-earned commission check. And so it's just as simple as that. And then when someone asks me what I do, I can just say that. The thing that happens when you're clear, concise, and succinct, it increases your credibility. And I know in the past, when I've talked about what I do, I ramble and ramble. And I just, you know, just say I, instead of having a clear, concise statement, I help realtors keep more of the hard-earned commission check. I know exactly who my audience is and, and who I'm working with, what, what I offer for them. And uh, that's getting to one sentence on what you do. Then it's easy to communicate to people. And one of the biggest reasons why I have seen uh, a decreased success in the past with growing my business was I, I was not clear and concise on what I did. Uh, until a year ago, I did not even have a narrow niche that I was working with. I was just working with small business owners. And I can't tell you how many other people I talk with in all sorts of industries um, that they work with small business owners. Well, what's a small business owner? Um, yeah, I will tell you if you talk with someone who is a billion-dollar company, they'll probably say a $50 million a year company is a small business owner. If you work with primarily uh, businesses that do three, dollars $400,000 a year, um, then if you said that and then someone says, well, I've got a $5 million a year company, $5 million, if you're used to working with 300000 and that's typically going to be your freelancers, solopreneurs, $5 million would sound like a bigger company. Um, I, I want to say that the, um, I don't know if the S Small Business Administration has statistics on this, um, but they, it might be that anything went under under $20 million is considered a small business owner. Um, so you can see there's a wide variety of uh, aspects where businesses can fall. And so what I've done and my main task, this um, kind of in my, my early waking hours, um, I'm, I'm going to limit what I do to, you know, one or two hours in the morning to blog uh, and then to do my audio podcast. And it looks like what's going to end up happening is I will end up working. What I'm going to do is when I wake up in the morning, which typically ends up being four or five o'clock in the morning or whatever, I'm going to head over to a, a, a local fast food place that is open. And then I can 
basically focus on on the work I've got to do um, as far as doing my blog posts. And I'm also going to spend a little bit of a time just structuring out what I'm working on for the the next two months because that'll end up that'll end the first quarter. One of the things that they talk about in traction is um, data, and you have to have objective data to keep score with. And most of uh, my number tracking in the past has been related to financial data, which is important, but it's only one piece of the pie. And what I will say is one of the big challenges I see with traditional accounting is it's always, uh, at best, it's it's 40 days behind or, you know, 10, two weeks behind. And it uh, makes it a challenge to keep up with, uh, you can't really be predictive with the accounting. You, you can guide you, but it's not, Accounting information or financial statements tend to be, we, we have two types of indicators of how a business is doing. There are leading indicators, which have a predictive quality to them. Uh, and then there are lagging indicators, which sh- share, shows us our results. All right, so a good example of a, a lagging indicator would be um, in the real estate market would be houses closed. Uh, it would be, um, you know, commissions earned, commissions paid out, uh, anything that is dealing with historical data. So another way to rephrase lagging indicators would be historical data or historical indicators. Um, now, a lead indicator gives us an idea of what the future is going to be like. And I think that that can be more valuable uh, than the lagging indicators. That's not to say the lagging indicators are not valuable, but the lead indicators, one of the things that's nice about those is we can basically say, based on this indicator, this is what I predict that we're going to do. And if we've got good data, um, then we can know how to make adjustments and we can make adjustments a lot quicker with our lead indicators. All right, so let me give you an example. Um, And this is gonna be more from the sales realm. Uh, Now I will tell you that for the major areas of your business, uh, which um, in, in traction, they talk about three areas. You've got your sales marketing is one area. You've got your um, fulfillment, which is can include operations or delivery of goods and services. And then you've got the finance area, which deals with the, making the money. And that can be, you know, I could talk for hours and hours about what you, each one of those include. Um, so the example of the leading indicators I'm going to talk about are going to be related to uh, sales because those are those are really easy for me to to describe. All right. So 
one of the things to do is have a measurement system for each of these indicators. So the one I'm going to talk about now is going to be commission income for a realtor. In this example, I'm going to state that the average commission that a real estate broker earns is $5,000 in my example. All right, now uh, I'm going to use a conversion ratio. So in order for a realtor to get a house closed where they earn a commission, they have to put two houses under contract. Now, some people have better conversion ratios. Um, closing ratio. I'm going to use closing ratio to delineate all this out. So they, they can have different closing ratios. So in this instance, in order to close one house, we have to have two houses under contract. Because for whatever reason, our, our closes, our, our closing ratio is um, 50%. All right. So we know that if we want to make $100,000 in commissions this year, then we've got to sell 20 homes. 20 times 5,000 is 100,000. All right. So now we have our target of closed homes. Now our closing ratio for houses under contract is 50%. So now we know that we have to, we, if we have to, if, we're, if the goal is to get is close 20 homes, we know that we have to have 40 homes under contract in order to earn our $100,000. So we're backing, backing into our, you know, the, 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 what causes each of these events or each of these results. You know, the whole law of cause and effect. Now, the next thing that we have is we've got our contract ratio. Now we know, and I'm going to just use simple numbers again. We know that for, or this is our appointment, or our appointment ratio. So my next ratio is going to be the appointment ratio. I know that for every appointment I make, I'm going to get one, for every, I know that for every, in order for me to get a contract in place, I need to have two appointments with a qualified buyer. Um, so there, my appointment ratio is 50%. So now I know that in order for me to get my 40 houses under contract, I have to have 80 appointments with a qualified buyer. Now I know that I have to have 80 appointments 
in order to get my 40, 40 contracts and then my 40 contracts will convert into my 40 contracts will convert into 20 closed homes which will equal on average my hundred thousand dollars in gross commission income all right so that's my appointment ratio now I have to think back okay so how do I get appointments and that's this question that you have to have now let's say I only have one way to get appointments and that is to make outbound phone calls to a list of people and for my purposes I'm going to only say that I call cold contacts which are people who have never heard of me. All right. So I know that on average, I've got to call 10 people in order to get my one appointment. All right. So let's go through the math here. So that means that I have to have 800 phone calls. So that means I have to have 800 phone calls in order for me to get my 80 appointments. And then with my 80 appointments, I'll get 40 houses under contract. And then with my 40 houses under contract, I'll sell 20 um, houses. So do you see how that works? So really, I'm not focusing on my um, 20 homes that I wanna sell. The better thing for me to focus on is my 800 phone calls that I have to make, all right? So that we have to, I have to do 800 phone calls in a year in order to sell 20 homes. Got it? Okay, so now what I'm gonna say is, all right, how many weeks a, uh, how, how many weeks uh, am I gonna work a year? where I'm actually making phone calls. And for this example, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna work 11 months out of the year. Um, and so that gives me 48, uh, 48 weeks. And part of the reason why is I'm gonna take two weeks of vacation and I'm also gonna take two weeks uh, devoted towards professional development. All right, so now I'm gonna take 800 phone calls. I'm gonna divide that by 48. So that lets me know that every week I've got 16.67 phone calls uh, that I need to make. Now, I wanna guarantee my results. So I'm just going to and then I also want to give myself a little bit of a buffer room. So I'm just going to round that 16.67 up to um, 20. Now I know that every week I need to make 20 phone calls to a cold list. Now I'm just using cold calls as one manner of marketing, just for simplicity's sake. And let's say that realistically, I'm gonna have one day off where I'm working on my business to grow my business. 
All right, so that could be putting in systems, training my assistant, whatever that is. So now I have four days available in the week to make my phone calls. So I've got to make, so I'm going to take my 20 phone calls that I need to make this week, and I'm going to divide that by four days. So I know that every day I need to make five phone calls. And assume that every day that I make five phone calls, I will I will guarantee myself, as long as my ratios work, my appointment ratio and my contract ratio and my closing ratio, assuming all those um, ratios stay where they're at, then I will make $100,000 in gross commission income. So it's really that simple. And so... Part of what I'm going to be doing with this EOS um, plan is I I have a one-year objective, and I'm going to deter, I'm going to give myself names for each of these areas of getting uh, getting to a million dollars. I've got a one-year objective to get to a million dollars, and I further break that down to in order to do that, I want to have one. I, I know that if I have one person on my email list, that one person is worth a dollar a month to me. So now in order to get my $100,000 a month, I know I need to have 100,000 people on my email list in the next year. And then I'll guarantee that I'll get my results. All right. So, but, oh, you know, 100,000 people on the email list, that's a lot of people for me to think about right now. So now what I need to do is break that down into what I'm going to work on in the next two months. When the next two months, what is my goal to reach that? So I've got two months. That gives me eight weeks before the end of the quarter. Now my objective is... I'm going to just give this an example of 20,000 people on my email list, which is a lot. Um, and so I've got to find ways that are going to give me, uh, enable me to probably partner with someone who's got a list already where I can do some kind of a joint venture arrangement with them um, where we offer some, something of value so that I can, in essence, by offering this joint thing, I can get them on my list. And then I can start to market to them for other products. Um, and, you know, and I'll be specific on this, it's not just 20,000 people. It's going to be um, 20,000 realtors that I need to have on my list. So that is where now I've got a predictive manner to say, okay, this is what I'm working on. This is what I'm working on for the next eight weeks. I need to get 20,000 people on my email list. And so next, I'm going to break down an action plan for the next eight weeks of what I'm going to do to get people on that email list. All right. See how that works? So I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, and I hope that you all have a great day.
that does it for today's show. If you enjoyed the podcast, do two things for me, please. One, subscribe to the Ideal Money Life podcast. And two, tell one person about the show. This is a labor of love for me, and I want to get the message to as many people as possible. Thank you for listening. Ideal Money Life podcasts are for general information purposes only and do not create a CPA, tax advisor, investment, or other professional relationship. You should consult your professional advisors before you apply anything you've learned from this podcast. Remember the wise words of Benjamin Franklin. Your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. Have a great day.